Welcome to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America, where we're here every time to warn the nation from a biblical perspective, and then how, to, how we as Christians can respond in faith and make a difference. And I'm super excited about today's topics, because yes, we're talking about conspiracy theories. Yes, we are talking about this from a biblical perspective, but in light of what's been going on in America for a long time, but especially in the last couple of years, it seems like people that have the truth, they're the ones that are being accused of having conspiracy theories, that there's wackos, they're nuts, etc. And if we don't line up with the mainstream media or the more broader dominant narrative, we are crazy. And we need to understand what's going on as Christians, again, from a biblical perspective, the wisdom that God would give us, and we need to cover this today. It's a now message, even in light of our nation, which we'll get to later. To help me uncover all of this, unpack all of this, are uh, two friends. The first you've you've seen before, and that is Dave Brody from the Middle East. Say hi, Dave. Hello. Good to see you all. How's it going this week, reaching uh, the Middle East for Christ? Yeah, we've been uh, making friends and visiting people, and uh, there's uh, very much of an openness here. That is awesome. And you've said that before, which is so encouraging, and we need to remember to pray for you and the evangelistic harvest with you and your wife. Awesome stuff. Now, for the first time, we are having with us Joseph Watson from Nashville. Welcome, Joseph. Thank you very much. I'm tickled to be here. Yeah, and just tell us, what do you do in Nashville? What's going on with you? Well, what I'm doing right now is watching airplanes in the air and saying, where are you going? Come pick me up because I'm not <laughs> able to get into a lot of places. Um, a lot of countries, a lot of schools in Youth with a Mission, where I mostly teach, uh, have been canceled because they've not been able to get students or staff in. And uh, plus, I have not been vaccinated. And so that precludes me getting into a lot of places. So I am... Uh, trying to be a horse, a fish out of water, but uh, not miss the new opportunities he's given me here. I have to ask you, Joseph, and, and Dave, you can include this later if you want to in our, our, our discussion here, but Joseph, in, I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds, so the pressure's on, <laughs> why in the world would you jump on to a Forerunners of America podcast and the topic is conspiracy theories and what to do with them as Christians? Well, you did promise that big check, right? That's, oh, that's... my gosh, Carter, we need to get this thing written out. Yes, yes. I can't remember how many zeros there were a lot of zeros, but well, yes, we got it. Aside from the money, I, um, I'm i very passionate about, I've been passionate about politics since I was 10 and I've been involved with it in various ways ever since. And my degree is in political science. And so... Uh, as a result, my goal is to be like a man of Issachar who understands the times and knows what Israel should do. And I, I kind of want to go to war against people who are comfortable in their ignorance. And I, I have a passion of seeing how do you find God in what's going on today? And I, I really, it, it just really bothers me when I see people that or they believe their Christian role is to pull out of society, to, to don't get engaged, don't talk about politics because that's terrible. Uh, let's just live in our cocoon. And uh, to me, that's like sitting in a, a rocking chair with your bags packed to go to heaven and just biding your time and waiting until the trumpet sounds and the roll is called up yonder and going to heaven. I, I, I don't think that's what God calls us to. 
You know, when Jesus said, pray like this, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He's talking about being, uh, being an active agent, a cat- catalyst of transforming this kingdom into the kingdom uh, that is in heaven. So I am all about uh, stirring people up. And I always travel with my big wooden spoon to teach with. It's been, to, I don't know, 70, 80 countries because it, uh, the verse in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds. So that means I have some spicy conversations sometimes, and I have bit more holes in my tongue than I care to, to look at. But uh, I, I'm passionate that Christians as a whole become men and women of Iskar and understand the times and not be asleep at the wheel because God is saying a lot through the craziness in these last days. And the men of Issachar, in case we're not all up to speed on that, you can look that up in First Chronicles chapter 12. Hey, I got to add one quick thing that's very much in line with what you said. Um, there was a, a talk show host or podcaster uh, um, a number of years ago that I, I listened to named John Luffler out of Colorado, and he said mm-hmm. something very similar to what you're saying. Um, and his, one of his models was... Um, uh, your lack of desire to be informed does not make me a wacko. So that can help transi- transition us into today's topic. And, and by the way, I, I do have to interject the mega theme in the Bible that the Christians need to be about the truth, Second uh, Thessalonians 2, know the truth, love the truth. I, and that's every topic. Yes, truth uh, in, of the gospel, but everything going on in culture, because uh, we do have an enemy that wants to take us down a path of lies, deception, etc. We'll get more into that, I'm sure, later. But uh, but yeah, it's it's just so vital that we're aware of what's going on and how to navigate this thing of conspiracy theories. Now, before I define what a conspiracy theory is, I want to mention that I, for the first time ever, have the secret envelope right there, Okay. This is the secret envelope. On the other side that I can see and you cannot is a very interesting, highly secretive organization. I will be opening that envelope at the end of this podcast to make what I think is a fascinating point. With that said, we are now transitioning to the uh, definition of a conspiracy theory. It is an unlawful, harmful, or evil plan formulated in secret by two or more persons. In other words, it's a plot by two or more people. And I think uh, um, just as we start to understand the topic for today, I think we really uh, need to understand that conspiracies are are literally everywhere. Uh, and, and they're not all just theories and debunked and baseless, but there's actually... Uh, a lot of substance. For example, let me just take a super obvious, simple thing. If your neighbor is burglarized uh, by one person, it's not a conspiracy. But if it was two or more people that burglarized your neighbor's house, by definition, that is a conspiracy, a theory. And and, and if it's substantiated in court, they're going to prison. The, The point being is something as simple as that actually, by definition, is a conspiracy. And so we should be awake to these things um, and not just dismiss anything that's, that's, uh, that's labeled that way. I want to, though, uh, jump into just what I think is just such an amazing and often overlooked conspiracy that happened in the New Testament. We're going to jump there just in a second. But just for everybody listening to this, this is a huge topic. This could actually be several hours um, which we're not going to do today. Um, this is not a Joe Rogan podcast of three to four hours. Um, but 
but I do want to limit our discussion but the, and, and want everybody to understand where we're coming from. There's a lot of wacky stuff out there that we could spend our whole time exposing and why we dismiss conspiracy theories. But actually, the angle that we're going with today is that there's a lot of people with truth, both Christians with truth and non-Christians with truth, and they are being accused of being conspiracy theorists, and the truth is being shut down. And that's more of my concern, is we're, we're talking here. It's, uh, yes, there are things that are wildly out there, and we should not follow them. They are true conspiracy theories in the worst sense of the word, and they, they have no evidence. They're, they they are baseless. But there are a lot of things going on right now, and it seems like the dominant dominant narrative in many areas is a certain uh, perspective. And if you disagree with that media, uh, mainstream media narrative, you are a conspiracy theorist, and you must be rejected out of hand. I think we're getting in trouble as a nation. Obviously, this is worldwide as well right now. Um, but this is why we're doing this podcast. With that, um, uh, would one of you guys read uh, Matthew 28, um, starting... In, uh, uh, let's see. Let me here. get my Bible. I, I'm, I was, I'm swordless. Give me a second. Right, and I think everybody listening to this podcast may want to get their Bibles out right now too. So go grab it quick uh, while Joseph is doing it. But, uh, but Dave, do you have it there? Do you have uh, Matthew uh, twenty-eight right after the resurrection? Uh, the first disciples uh, and women have seen the Lord. Uh, in verse 11, uh, starting verse 11, can you read that through verse 15? I need to also um, find it here. Uh, Joseph may beat me. You said Matthew 28? Yes, sir. I've got it right here. Okay, um, start, starting in verse 11 through verse 15, please. Okay. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Isn't that I, interesting? So let's say that. I just, I, 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 I just, just want to say one thing about that. My, I, my mentor, when I was in the travel business, uh, was she and her husband were Orthodox Jews. And I was talking to her one time about, about Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. And she said that very thing. She said, oh, it's already been disproven that his body was taken from the tomb. By his disciples. Uh, been, yeah, said that, it, you know, proven that it was taken from the, the tomb. He didn't rise from the dead. From the very moment that Jesus rose from the dead, they tried to flip the script. Uh, not that there's no connections to what's going on in our world today. Uh, the, and then you're saying that even among Jews to this day, right to now, this day. that yes. they believe in this conspiracy theory. Uh, fa fascinating. I, I, I wanted to say that uh, as part of that, that, um, that let's say Matthew was written roughly 20 or 30 years after the resurrection. He's saying this is believed to this very day. This is the dominant narrative coming from the religious leaders, the people in authority. Here we are. And it's not true. Again, pulling it back toward Matthew 28 and what, what did the disciples do? Well, 
they said, okay, there's a dominant narrative out there, and we're seen as the ones believing in a conspiracy. But if you jump into Acts, they did not care. They started preaching the truth. And they, they said sure. the resurrection really happened. We saw it with our own eyes. And for those of us that are following the truth, um, can understand different sides to different issues, we need to do the same thing. We cannot be silent. And okay, so there's people that disagree with this big deal. It's about the truth. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about how lies and truth are diametrically opposed. And Jesus is the truth, and Satan is the father of lies. And they are going to try and battle each other, you know, the two kingdoms. And I, I was trying to think about what is, what is the kind of the overarching strategy to lay, to lay over this conspiracy theory topic about how the enemy tries to stop truth coming out. And I just came out with, you know, I'll just say these real quick and we can move on past it. But I just first first thing he'll do is ignore the truth. Someone speaking truth. Uh, then he'll mock those speaking truth. He will distort what they're saying or take out of context. He will uh, be a fear monger to say, well, now, if you believe this, this is the fearful things that will happen. Uh, he will attack the person, the, the messenger. He will so try to silence the messenger. Let me let me uh, dock, dox you so that everybody knows where you live. Let me close your accounts. Let me do this, this, and this. Uh, he will accuse you, uh, your motives, and say they're different from what they truly are. Um, he will out and out lie about what you're saying. And uh, and if, if all of that doesn't work, what he'll do is flood with competing views so that your voice is just one of many others and your what you're saying can't be heard. And so I, what was the uh, marquee in front of a theater someone had on Facebook yesterday? I saw it was something like, uh, we have a flood of information, but we have a desert of truth out there. Wow. I, I've often said, and not related to this topic necessarily, but I've often said in my teaching that Satan does not need to win an argument. He just needs needs to sufficiently confuse the argument. And exactly, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, about that's our, a good thorough list. Of the, you know, the I certainly have seen the ridicule. I mean, even Jesus himself was in a sense ridiculed for being a conspiracy theorist because in John seven he was he was in the temple, kind of talking to some of the Jewish influencers and leaders there. And at one point, Jesus said, why are you trying to kill me? And they said, you're demon-possessed. Why do you think someone's trying to kill you? You know, they just like, you know, kind of like saying like, you conspiracy theorist, what are you talking about? But then later in that chapter, some of the common people at Jerusalem are saying, hey, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? <laughs> and here he is speaking <laughs> openly. So, even Jesus himself was ridiculed in this way. How can we expect any different for ourselves when we speak the truth? Exactly. Okay. That's why the Beatitudes says, blessed are you when men say all manner of evil falsely against you for my name's sake. Truth is always going to be opposed. The, the, here's a big lie we believed is that the price we pay for walking in fear is less than the price of, pain, of um, believing truth. Hmm. They're both a price. Right. They're both a the price. They they both lead to death, but 
when you die believing truth, it leads to resurrection. When you die believing fear, it leads to eternal, you know, hell. Well, you need to include that in one of the books that you're writing, Joseph. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's worth uh, the the time of this podcast <laughs> right there. Mm. Um, uh, hey, we want to get into modern examples and probably a lot of, I'm thinking a lot of examples just recently with COVID in the last two years and these kinds of things. But before we do, um, Dave, you've got such a deep well here on this topic. Is there anything else from the scriptures you just want to highlight uh, in helping us acclimate? Because I don't know about you, but I have never heard a sermon. I've never even had a teaching on what we're talking about today in this podcast, which is conspiracy theories. And if there's ever a guy to give that or do that, it's you, Dave. Anything before from the scriptures that we, before we move on to the modern day issues? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in the Bible, there's plenty of conspiracies that went on. Like, uh, I think the first one might have been Jacob and his mother, Rebecca, uh, scheming, uh, conspiring to to trick the, his father into giving him the blessing, uh, which actually worked. There was Joseph's brothers who conspired together to either kill or kidnap him. They were they were <laughs> they were kind of not in full agreement, but they eventually, uh, as you know, sold him into slavery. And then they conspired together to cover it up, you know, using goat's blood with his garment. And so those were a couple of early conspiracies. You had. Uh, David, who you know, the 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 king that that, that loved God so much, but at the same time, in a moment of weakness, he sinned with Bathsheba, and then conspired with Job to um, have Uriah the Hittite killed. So, if even a good king like David can do something like that, you never know what what others could do. There was Absalom's conspiracy. There was the conspiracy to. Um, to kill King Xerxes, which was uncovered by Mordecai in the book of Esther, there was... Okay, um, okay Dave, Dave. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're getting the point here. If you go through every yeah, single I mean, book of the people, Bible, people, we're going to be um, here for like 10 hours, but that point is really good. Keep keep going. <laughs> well, Nehemiah, Tobiah, and Sanballat were constantly conspiring different little, little hatching little plots to try and trick... Uh, Trick Nehemiah, and then of course we had the um, the plot, the uh, conspiracy to kill Paul, which was a secret oath they all took to do that, and uh, and, uh, and and others. There's assassinations and all sorts of things that went on. So it's interesting that people who say, "Well, I'd like to believe in what's biblical and what's real. I don't like to fly off with conspiracy theories," but yet, if you are biblical, you should at least be open to the possibility that, yes, there are people in power who would do that. I, I want to tack on to something you, you said, Dave, because that was interesting. The examples you were giving, you were saying so-and-so conspired to, so-and-so conspired to, and that gets to the heart of what a conspiracy theory era is. It comes from the word conspire, and it, it is some of the examples you've given, some you've given, Mark, are conspiring to, to do evil, or to distort truth, and some are conspire, considered uh, conspiring because they're truth and trying to reveal truth to people. So, it, it, another, I think, a, a, another word for conspire might be to to influence or persuade. And we're all called to persuade, and we will all be termed conspiracy theorists, just as Jesus was. And it, and it, it all comes back to how much fear do we have on the inside? How much? Are we willing to hold on to truth 
and take the ridicule. And, Let me just uh, ask this in light of that. We all need to ask this to, our, to ourselves right now. Is the truth worth fighting for? Is the truth worth mm. the sacrifice I have to pay? And you already answered that a few minutes ago, Joseph, but it is worth it. I have to say, Dave, in light of uh, that quite, I think of extensive <laughs> list of examples, and I'm laughing because it's like, it's everywhere in the Bible. We don't even think of the topic today as biblical. I, I'm guessing most of our listeners thought, what in the world is uh, Forerunners America doing an Insights podcast even on this topic? It's not in the Bible. Well, guess what it is? And I do want to highlight, Dave, in every one of the cases, everyone is a conspiracy theory because two or more people conspired to do something evil or harmful. So that fits the definition, right? But in every case you just lifted out of the scriptures, every one of them was true. But were mm-hmm. they embraced it as true by the broader public at the beginning? Probably not. So, okay, right. so we got to just flip the script here on what is going on in America. And, and again, this is in the world too, but in America, we're just like, oh, somebody... Uh, that's a prominent figure, and somebody then quoted him through mainstream media that that's a conspiracy theory, therefore immediately dismiss it, the person's a wacko. We have to flip that script. That is not how truth, often truth takes a long time to emerge and to take hold. With that, so we don't have the longest podcast ever, I'm I'm turning us now to, to, to these current conspiracies or issues, because I believe Christians need to sort this out now. There's too much at stake, as you said a minute ago, Joseph, for not believing the truth and understanding the truth and helping our churches understand the truth, and then even beyond our churches, I hope, uh, as well. But before we do, I have to kind of bridge the gap between all the the biblical examples and kind of get a little bit more contemporary here with kind of a a fun example. Uh, Before I give that example, I just want to say we're getting closer, everyone, to the secret envelope. It's it's coming. Okay. But uh, this is where I want to have a little bit of fun. Um, Area 51. Oh, no. For decades. Oh, no. This is just the wild fringe group believing in conspiracies, right? This little... uh, area of land in Nevada. The government would never do such a thing. Well, right now, uh, sorry for those of you that are listening on Spotify and only have the audio, but right now, for those that are on YouTube and Rumble, I just, through Google Earth, typed in Area 51. Did nothing come up because it's a conspiracy theory? No, I'm showing you right now on the screen. This is an aerial shot from a satellite from Google Earth. Area 51. So anyway, uh, that hopefully can bridge us to from um, what was uh, seriously dismissed by uh, by our government, uh, uh, largely by the media as well, for decades. Actually, now just pull it up on your phone. So there we are. Okay, with with that said, I, or Joseph, you have something to add? Yeah, I, I was going to say about two, maybe three years ago, John Stossel on Fox News he had a program where he looked at the, the the 10 biggest, quote, conspiracy theories of the last 15 years. And he brought up what the experts, quote, experts were saying would happen. And then he brought up the reality of what really did happen. And he went through swine flu and bird flu and mad cow disease and whatever, whatever, whatever. And all of these doctors and all of these experts were presenting the most dire consequences. 
and everybody and then and then the how the media would would just take in every word they said and and willingly spread fear because fear sells in the media that's their first language is fear and <laughs> and what he came back with was that not one of them was even in the ballpark close to what was fearfully presented and so but we never do that we we the media will never go back and look at what they presented you know with bated breath that we should all be afraid of when it's been disproven they're on to the next one and they hope you don't notice that way back then they were leading us all astray right and so Somebody was saying, of course, I can't, I don't have time in ministry to chase this ball, but somebody was just saying to me not that long ago that all of the conspiracies, or more or less all of the conspiracies of the 1980s have now been proven as fact. And so with, with just some of that stuff rolling around out there, uh, let's try to talk about this. Um, and if we could, um, let's, uh, let's do it through... Um, through talking about COVID. And, uh, and you know, uh, I'd like to actually introduce here uh, just a short clip um, from Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan talks about all kinds of topics that just even nine months ago, this is very current from Joe Rogan, just nine months ago, how so many things related to COVID, the script has flipped. And so let's listen to that now. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. Yeah, isn't that interesting by Joe Rogan? Um, you know, and so uh, uh, what do you guys think? Like, what are, what are some of the areas that have, uh, the, the, where the script has flipped here on, uh, on COVID? Well, certainly on the, the lab leak theory, which was totally put down, you know, in favor of the, the bat, bat soup theory. And now we know that, Fauci and like 11 other scientists had a teleconference in which it was stated it was likely a lab leak and likely genetically modified. And yet, and the House committee, Republicans in the House committee just recently released emails between Fauci and his, uh, his boss, Collins, where they were actually talking about suppressing this finding that it was uh, likely a lab leak. And the, and the suppression was not for evidential reasons, but for political reasons, it, 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 it seemed to say in these emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if I, can just, if I can just read the exact quote from that, I was actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because um, if you didn't, I was going to, because it's just really fascinating um, in terms of what's just recently come up. And some interesting quotes here from a, a couple guys that ha host a show called Truth Over News, and I actually like, I actually like that title of, yeah. of their their show. Uh, we don't need more news; we need more truth, right? Uh, so, yeah. anyway, but but this article uh, uh, that was put out there by the Epoch Times is very carefully, uh, you know, with the quotes and stuff. It explains that these 
emails that they had previously got their hands on were 95% redacted, meaning they were just grayed out, deleted areas because of classified information. But now they have released almost all the information, so they're not 95% redacted anymore. And it's clear that the conversation from top advisors to Dr. Fauci said that 60 to 80%, they were sure that the virus, the COVID virus, had originated from a laboratory. In other words, it was not from nature, and it just uh, it had a natural cause. Mm-hmm. This thing had been juiced up, as we've heard probably many of us now, through, um, uh, through genetic uh, 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 manipulation. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, you know, the, the gain-of-function research, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's interesting of itself, but wait a second. Again, this is practical. Always we need to slow down. What's really going down here? on here? And what we need to ask here is not just that—so here's the truth, that Fauci was being advised to go with a totally different narrative than what he did from the very beginning. But now we need to slow down and ask the question, why— did Dr. Fauci do that? Now, that's a difficult question to answer, but but it seems like if we're going to really be after truth, we also have to ask that that question. And, and even if we can't answer that question, it, it really reveals that, that there's something here that's not right. You should never lie regardless, and why was he lying? Well, I, I like to think that the dark is always so much darker than we realize. And the light is always so much brighter than we realize. And we're, we're uncomfortable with, with the extremes. And uh, if you ever saw Princess Bride and, you know, Billy Crystal's character, I'm not listening. That's the way so many Christians are. They, they don't want to hear anything that makes them uncomfortable. And, and I, I, I'm a con- mass consumer of lots of information. Uh, I try to be anyway. I don't always get it out of my brain clearly, but I, uh, I'm all the time trying to sift through, chew up the meat, spit out the bones, and find out what what really is truth. And you you have to pray, or you're, you know, you're unwittingly being deceived if you're not praying into the news that you're getting. And I have to sift through this to say, wait a minute, I I. There's nothing I can hear that takes God off the throne. There's no darkness that the enemy's about, whether it's pedophilia rings involving the highest levels of government and media and et cetera, et cetera. Whether it is incredible corruption about assassinations and about wag the dog, you know, wag the tail of the dog or wag the dog uh, events to distract from other things. God is bigger. And Jesus, you know, it's, I get back to the thought that where Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Hmm. Believe in God, believe also in me. And so when we, when I'm all the time, when I'm, when I'm taking in this stuff, you know, be careful what you, what you let in, whatever is true, honorable, whatever, think on these things. But still, I need to know because Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the, of the devil's schemes. And he talks about in Ephesians, expose the deeds done in darkness. Okay, so what do you say uh, to somebody that says, okay, but this is more of a secular argument, you know, like let these other people over here kind of sort this out about COVID and all these other issues and so forth. 
why do I have to know the truth as a Christian on those issues? Like, I believe my Bible is true. I believe Jesus is true. He's the truth, the life, and the way. I believe that, uh, uh, you know, the gospel is true. So, so why do I even have to worry about this? Any unwillingness to know truth about what God is doing in the big picture will cause you to not see the truth of what he's doing in your life. Your life is a microcosm of what God is doing in these last days. And if you're unwilling to see what he's doing out in, in our nations, then that means that you, you've got limits already in place to know what he's doing in your life. Yeah, also, I would, I would agree with that. And I would also say that uh, there are consequences to believing in untruths. There are lives yeah. that can be lost. There can be uh, funds and resources that can be lost. When, when well, you talk well, about wait, the wait, 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 wait. Okay. I just got to interject right there. You know, on just a very basic level, it's because of this COVID narrative and the massive amount of fear that we've already hit on from different angles uh, earlier in this podcast. But it's because of this mass amount of fear, the way that this has been rolled out, et cetera, that our churches closed down. Now, wait a second here. Doesn't God have an opinion on whether he wants his churches closed down? And if it was based on fraudulent data uh, or, or somebody that's lying to us, doesn't that matter? Like, I mean, these things actually do matter. And also, um, the whole fear thing. <laughs> Is it really, is COVID really this fearful? And if it's not, the average person needs to know. And I, here I'm saying first in the church, of course, let's not have fear in the church. But I'm even saying non-Christians. Why are we pumping up non-Christians with fear if it's not that fearful of a situation? Anyway, it all smells evil. It all seems like things that need to be exposed. Okay, I'm done. J- Joseph, you're, you're up. Well, I was just going to say, I... I uh... I've had people say to me, I've had leaders say to me, well, Jesus would have got a vaccine and it's the loving thing to do for your neighbor to get vaxxed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, not to, not to I mean, come back to COVID, but I, I just want to, it, it relates talking about the border. And when, when I find Christians that, that don't think that's, and in fact, the loving thing is to leave the border open so that these poor people from other countries that are so um, have so many issues in their nations, they need to come and smell freedom and we need to come and welcome and bless them. And it's unchristian to, to want a closed border or, or want a, a, a border, as uh, our former president said, with a big, beautiful door in it. Um, but but at the same but when you're doing that, you are allowing the free flow of drugs, of human trafficking, of a whole host of issues coming into the country. And <clears throat> I think you know the borders. Again, I'm not to take it away from COVID because there's a lot we can say about COVID, but that's just one of many other issues. The the border thing is. Uh, I, I sometimes want to just pull my seven hairs out and say. How can you not see from a biblical perspective that honoring the borders of the land the Lord has given you is godly? And, uh, I, I, you know, the hard thing, like I say, you bite your tongue, you bang your head against the wall, and you realize <clears throat> there are so many people that are not ready to hear truth. 
They don't want to. I'm not listening. <laughs> one, of, one of my uh, um, messages from the Bible is that God cares about borders um, and, and these kinds of things. It's like, again, I cannot, I'm just stunned. I, I'm, I can't say never, maybe once, but I think never I've heard a message on on God's heart for nations in terms of borders and why it matters and all these kinds of things. And I just want to, again, uh, maybe uh, just going slightly further, uh, Joseph, with what you're just laying out there, like these things are deeply biblical. They should matter to us as Christians. And uh, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because now I could get really conspiratorial related to globalization, but but here's here's my point, is that if we don't understand as Christians God's heart for individual sovereign nations and how he puts borders in place according to Acts 17, verse 26, quoting Paul here. If we don't see any of this stuff, we just keep running on to the next thing as Christians and not engaging in the truth, exposing uh, these conspiratorial things that are going on right underneath our noses. And Dave, you said it, you know, when you were going through all those scriptures, example, right underneath King David's nose, he had Absalom try to run a conspiracy to, to take the kingdom, and he also had another son, Adonijah, try to take the kingdom. You don't think God cares about these things? They're right in the Bible, and they're happening today. Well, what, what is, uh, what's the old adage they say in the military? <clears throat> in war, the first casualty is the truth. And the mm-hmm. battle we're facing today is not a left-right, progressive, conservative. It's, it is a battle for truth. And it's on that field where the battle is happening, you got one team over here that's all about, uh, that walks in faith, and one team over here that walks in fear. And you got sometimes you have people that are Benedict Arnold's from the truth camp. They go over to the fear camp. And it's so subtle, they don't even realize they've switched teams, that they're a turncoat in the battle for truth. And they're echoing out of their mind. They've so many people, because the Bible talks about how even the elect will be deceived. And there's so many Christians that don't realize they have been very, they're, they're the frog in the pot that right. you know, it's slowly been boiled and they don't realize until it's too late for, for many people that the consequences of what their belief system is, is not pretty mm-hmm. uh, at the least. So well said, and I want to circle back uh, a little bit more <clears throat> Fauci and maybe one or two other things related to um, COVID, because it does matter. I feel like the father of lies, who is a biblical figure, right? <laughs> I'm just saying the obvious, but it's like we never talk this way in the church. We need to start talking this way. But if we don't expose some of this stuff and start to understand this and, and, and speak the truth, um, we're going to continue down this path uh, of, as you just said, uh, of being deceived, and, and there's all kinds of implications and so forth with, with that. So um, just one last quote here from uh, Carlson and Mankey. Uh, uh, he, they, they summarize this way. So right there from the start, Fauci is pushing really hard and in various forums, all in the same direction. Natural caused the COVID virus. Natural, natural. But at the same time, not only was he told it's very likely that it came out of the lab, he was told the details of how it came out of the lab. And then the, this, this guy, Mankey, says, 
That is very fascinating to me. So if you're going to start to get out of the world of lies and what I'm calling a culture of conspiracy theories and start to figure out what's actually true, therefore it matters uh, how you navigate things like COVID and on a hundred other issues as well. But if you're going to start, I believe you have to begin with, let me look at the data for myself. I'm not looking to mainstream media or whoever. I'm looking at a variety of sources. And then you come to a conclusion. Wait a second here. There's something here that I find fascinating, and I'm going to stay on this until I get to the final conclusion. I think that's where, where things start for us in terms of, of moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Well, I... I that's a good approach because I, I think if I had not gone to full-time Christian work, I might have been a detective because I like to investigate. And so a number of times I've watched the official news story and some intuitive feeling in me thinks, I don't know about this. And sure enough, as I research, I discover there are lots of different facts and perspectives that are not being given there. So what I try to do is simply to follow the evidence wherever it goes. Even if it goes against the flow, I'd rather follow the evidence than just be, uh, you know, be a mannequin and just be dictated to as far as what is truth and what's yeah. not. And, you know, we can't <clears throat> we can't talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, we can't talk about conspiracy theories without mentioning the phrase cognitive dissonance. Right. And when you every every conspiracy quote conspiracy theory if you take it to its logical conclusion there is there is a point for all of us where okay to go past this point is cognitive dissonance I, i'm i'm sorry i'm not prepared to go there i'll give you a classic example regarding covid <clears throat> um if you take it to its if, if you if you keep going down that rabbit hole, you know, Alice in Wonderland, how deep is the rabbit hole? We're taking the uh, red pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. If you keep going down that, uh, the idea that COVID, both the virus itself and the vaccines and all of, you know, everything that has been purported to stop it, and, and also the treatments that are given in hospitals that people have died from. The, in, the, the bottom line of all that is that there was an attempt to knock out a chunk of the population of the world. Now, if you say that to people, they don't want to go there. That's cognitive dissonance because they don't want to believe that the dark is as dark as it really is because they're not prepared to see the light as bright as the light is. Hey, Joseph, trying to kill a big segment of the world's population, that is a hard thing to prove. Um, I don't know if we can handle that one <laughs> on this podcast. However, yeah. however, you're saying that personally, you are persuaded that there's something far darker, far more nefarious that's at the root of this thing. Well, I'm saying that whether that's true or not, I, I think you can safely say that that the enemy is having a lot of victories through COVID. At the very least, he's causing division among believers. <laughs> you know, that's just for a start. But there are millions of people that are dying. There are millions of people that are are having all kind of health problems with this. And I think if we can't lay these negative consequences at the feet of the enemy, then what is our concept of the enemy? The way I read it, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. 
that was is and forever will be his modus operandi and, and, and so and yeah. revelation 20 verse 3 explains that his end game is to deceive entire nations and i believe we yes. are getting closer getting closer to Jesus' second coming. So steal, kill, and destroy. We often think of that. He's attacking me one-on-one and these kinds of things. But he has an end game, another aspect of his end game, which is actually to deceive entire nations. And if he could deceive you into taking a harmful vaccine or doing a hundred other things, um, he, he, he does not take prisoners. He's here for one reason, to kill you. And, and also in Revelation, it says that he's in a fury because he knows his time is short. So there's just an acceleration of the good and the bad that's happening. The wheat and the tares growing to the harvest. Well, toward the very end of the harvest is where the, the fruit or the seeds of both of those starts coming out. And we're in that moment of history. You know, you look at the what the Bible describes as what you'll see in the end times. Well, they're happening now. You know, Paul gives Timothy a list of 19 things and you, you know, 30 minutes on the Internet and you can prove every single one of those are happening right now. And um, yeah, so we're, we're in those times where there's this acceleration of evil. And if Satan wants to kill, why would he be satisfied with a small number that he could kill? Why wouldn't he be satisfied? Why wouldn't he be ravenous to kill as many as he can bring down before his own destruction? So very controversial here. Um, obviously, you're not just talking about COVID, the virus killing people. You're specifically talking about the, the vaccine itself killing people. And um, yeah. I think I'm going to put a link in the uh, description of this. And maybe we can put a couple links like what you were just talking about, too, about these 19 areas. Um, because things do accelerate right before Jesus returns. There's far more evil. And there's, probably, I believe, far more uh, anointing and power upon the body of Christ at the same time, those that are truly in alignment with Christ. But what I wanted to say is that um, I just recently saw a really short video, uh, a montage of, uh, of soccer players around the world, uh, 108 of them. I mean, some of the most fit people, hardly any risk of, of COVID leading to death in their cases. But this montage video showing how 108 uh, professional soccer players from around the world were collapsed on the field. And it's really disturbing to watch this. And it's like, now, why is this not on the mainstream media? Let me bring an example real quick. Uh, David and I first met in Chile a few years ago, and uh, I've got a dear buddy there out of the thousands of people I know around the world. He's in the best shape of any human I know, almost 0% body fat. He's got his own gym. He's a trainer. People come far and wide to be trained by him. He's 37. His uh, daughters are all very fit, and he's a very conscientious, godly father and husband. Uh, diet, exercise, everything. Well, his wife was in the hospital last July giving birth to their fourth daughter. And he was told what he found out later was a lie. He's in Pichilemu, Chile, which is a surf town on the Pacific. And he was told the lie that you can't get in to see your wife and daughter until you've had your Pfizer shot. So he got the first Pfizer shot. Four hours later, he was in the hospital and he's got permanent heart damage from it. Barring the Lord's healing, let me be quick to say. 
I got to tell uh, you, Joseph, right now, it does not matter for me anyway, um, the official statistics out there about the science and the data. And while I appreciate things like the VAERS website and so forth showing the dangers of the vaccine, um, I'll tell you what, I have a personal list of people now. What you just described, the people I actually know um, that had an adverse effect. And um, one person, I have... Uh, these three on the list that uh, that actually died from the vaccine. Uh, one case, the person within 48 hours of taking the vaccine collapsed. Actually, I'm sorry, collapsed within a half hour of taking the vaccine and was dead within two hours. And that was a friend of my mom. So in that one, though, on my list of people that have had either death as an adverse effect or severe adverse effect, that one I did not actually know the person. But my mom, believe me, my mom is completely trustworthy on these things. But of course, as you probably know, that these people that, that die within two weeks of taking the vaccine are not even counted as, uh, as a vaccine death because you're not right. considered fully vaccinated until after two weeks of taking the second shot. So, I mean, it is really complicated, challenging to sort this stuff out. But I'm just saying, I don't any longer need to listen to whether President Trump wanted me to take the vaccine or now it's President Biden or this, that, or the thing. I, I'm not even listening to Dr. Fauci or the CDC. I'm just looking at the list of people that I know personally are from very credible sources like my mom in that example. And the list keeps growing of people that have yeah. just, just gotten nailed by this thing. What, what have you seen in the Middle East in terms of uh, reactions to vaccines and things. I, I as I, I've tried to spread the truth about this, a, a few people have mentioned to me relatives who had a bad experience with the vaccine and say they're not going to have any get any more shots because it's just not. It's just they don't sense it's good for them anymore. Wow. Well, I do want to bring up one other area just because it illustrates what we're talking about here and how serious it is, um, and it's just one one very specific small example amongst, I believe to be hundreds, if not thousands of examples of how the quick thing that happens is you have the truth, you're trying to get the truth out there the best of your ability, but then you're labeled by the mainstream media and certain people in the government elsewhere, you're labeled as a conspiracy theorist and you're completely shut down. And I find this, again, a small story, uh, maybe many will see it as insignificant, but representative of a much bigger problem that's going on. Early on in COVID, so we're going to say the summer of 2020, there was a group of doctors that that uh, did a public display at the U.S. Supreme Court to explain that we have early treatments. We don't need to wait for the vaccine. At that time, you probably everybody remembers the summer of 2020. We're only a few months into this thing, and we were waiting for the vaccine. But they said, we've got great ways to treat. And there was, they all agreed. But the media lifted one person out. Um, they could have, there was a dozen people or so at this uh, public uh, meeting at the Supreme Court where medical doctors are trying to get the truth out about, about treatment. But they lifted out of that group of doctors uh, uh, Stella Emanuel, who grew up in Cameroon, mm -hmm. Africa, now practices medicine as a medical doctor here in this country, actually in Texas. And they, bla they blasted her with every other conspiracy theory you could even think of, even UFOs and on and on. And, and they blasted her. And I was wow. watching this go down. Now, now she, what she was claiming is through early treatments of over-the-counter drugs that are cheap and expensive and so far, she had seen 300 patients recover from COVID, not one had died. This is what was interesting to me in light of our topic today. 
they blasted her as a conspiracy theorist and that she believed in UFOs. But I didn't care about all the other things. And they blasted her and accused her of these other things as well, of other conspiracy theories as well. And she's not, you can't listen to her. So she's completely thrown under the bus. However, she said 300 of her patients recovered. All I care about, I don't care if she believes eating, um, eating hot dogs and, and eating uh, ice cream and hot dogs will cure you from cancer. I really don't care. I, what she said was 300 of her patients recovered. Everybody should have stopped and followed up on that. And I never found one follow-up piece in any of the media that either proved her as saying the truth or that she was lying. It could have been just a conspiracy theory that they could have totally debunked. They just, they basically uh, attacked her as a person and then yeah. everybody, everybody moved on and then, you know, nobody's listening to her. But to this day, I, I still wonder, I still wonder what did, what and, she said was it true. And many of those America's frontline doctors have paid a heavy price. Some of them were discredited. Some, uh, some Dr. Simone Gold, I think's her name. She was uh, fired from her position. Several of them have, have been fired uh, from hospitals and they end up starting their own uh, medical facilities. Um, but I, I just wanna, if I can segue real quick for just one, one second uh, to talk about, uh, regardless of what you think of Donald Trump, um, there were several things that he said years ago when he was president and he got massively ridiculed for and mocked and, and everything that have come to be true. Like when he, there was a famously this in the last week or so, they've replayed the interview that was done by Leslie Stahl in which he talked about how they were spying on me, uh, on me and the campaign. And Leslie refused to believe it. And she was just you know, I can't believe. No, 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 no way. You're you're crazy. Well, now it's true. It's come and out. And she used true. that term. She said, well, "I don't. I don't believe. We, we, we. This is sixty minutes. We don't believe in conspiracy theories." <laughs> yes. Yes. There's exactly, the exactly. accusation. The the common accusation again. And that's the thing. When the truth comes out, those that are are the the messengers of conspiracy theories, they will never own up to their hand in spreading lies because they don't see it as lies they see their duty they don't understand those who are spreading lies they don't understand who's bidding they're doing they don't know that by disseminating lies that they believe they are doing a good thing just like apostle paul he was saul he thought he was doing god's work by killing christians and those who are are the vessels where the enemy can spread lies they don't realize they are being used for that purpose. Okay, so this podcast is not about uh, you know proving that a conspiracy theory is debunked or or proving that it's true, and it's actually something that 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 uh, we need to we need to really lay hold of as the truth. But what we're talking more about here in our conversation is so. How do you understand this biblically? What are some examples going on in the world today? And then what do you do with this? And, and I'd like to start to land the plane in terms of what do you do with this? However, what you just brought up there, that the, that the spine was um, actually proven this last week, I will put a link in the description of this podcast 
because John Durham's investigation appears to be coming forth with hard evidence. And so I will put an article or two there just in case what you just said, Joseph, if that's brand new information to our listeners. Um, no, this isn't just a wacky conspiracy theory and Trump running his mouth again. This is special counsel John Durham saying there's significant evidence going on implicating um, implica- implicating. Uh, Michael Sussman, an, an attorney for the for uh, Hillary Clinton, in this in this group of folks, like we have to, you have to weigh this stuff. It matters in terms of even who we vote for on the next go around. And and again, I keep coming back to why should we care about this as Christians? Well, there's more righteous people that that run for presidency, and there's less righteous people that run for uh, a presidency. I want to vote in somebody that's more righteous, and if there has been stuff that's been going on and lies and and all this kind of stuff, I want to know about it. I believe it's part of, like you said earlier, the overall the overall worldview uh, in terms of what God is doing and what we need to be attuned to. So let's uh, transition here in terms of more practically. I think we hit some practical stuff along the way. But more, more practically, how do we as Christians, and I guess some of this could be true for anybody, but we're focusing here a bit more on, on Christians, um, how do we navigate this culture of conspiracies, whether they're true conspiracies, that I mean, they, they get exposed and they actually are true, or they actually get exposed as debunked, baseless, unsubstantiated, and they truly are just wild, wacky conspiracies. Either way, how do we... What do we do? How do we navigate this? Well, as I said before, I think one thing is we need to follow the evidence where it goes. We need to fact check ourselves. I mean, sometimes a conspiracy sounds so interesting and so wonderful in a sense because it it supports our side that we just want to jump into it. But we need to first really look at the validity of it. And there's been some that I wanted to believe, but I I discovered, no, that's not that particular aspect is is not the case. So we need to be careful, but yet at the same time, be ready to go against the flow of the world and stand up for what's true calmly and lovingly. And I I think with that, we need to be lovers of truth. And that's a constant uh, tacking in the wind. Like if you have a sailboat, you're, you're, you know, you, you, you will go a certain direction and we think, okay, now I'm on the, the, the absolute truth path. And the Holy Spirit say, well, actually, you're off just by a degree or two. Let's let's tack back into the wind. And so I, I feel like the, the, the place for prayer to start is saying, Lord, I want truth to be revealed not only in the public, but to me. I, I want to have a heart that loves truth like you do. And secondly, help me to see truth and then give me help me know justice. Yeah, and, and just backing up a little bit, I think we can really help um, uh, the body of Christ understand that just because you hear the accusation conspiracy theory, or just hear it not as an accusation, you just hear that phrase referred to somebody, that that doesn't mean that we immediately dismiss it. We, you know, it's, it is time, as you guys have been saying, to look at different sources and to discern, evaluate, and so forth. And... Um, and, it, and as already has been said, it's really interesting just to think of how truth often starts as this tiny minority voice. That's the nature of truth getting out. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to uh, the uh, conspiracy we highlighted at the outset in Matthew 28, 
the disciples, they were part of a tiny minority, and there was a dominant narrative out there, and it, and it, it made them look like conspiracy theorists. They were, the, the guards were bought off that Jesus stole the body. You know, so for us today to understand, hey, I'm part of a small minority, but if, I, if I've really been shown convincing proof, I'm going to stand on the truth and I'm not going to be intimidated. Uh, you know, just, just again, backing up, I think a lot of things going on in our culture uh, require much more discernment. Well, along, along with what I was saying before about uh, we need to pray for truth to be revealed and justice to be served, uh, a, a big part, too, is we need to be praying much for wisdom. Who do we tell? What do we tell? When are we silent? And that is not a, an exact science. And, uh, I, I'm, you know, that's a battle for me. When, when do I shut this up? You know, the Bible says wisdom is being slow to speak, quick to listen. I've kind of got it reversed. So I've been on a lifelong thing of trying to curtail this and open this. <laughs> You know, yeah, I do. I feel like I have to just sense when to speak out, when to just uh, let it pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's wisdom there. We can't fight every battle. We can't confront every person, and nor nor should we. And um, that's really, really well said. Well, thank you both for joining me here on Insights. I I hope there was at least some new insights for people, and uh, I'm really grateful for what you both contributed and uh, and hopefully we can do a better job here of navigating what is really a, a lot of confusion. Um, that's something we didn't get to today, but but boy, the prophets talk about confusion in a culture and um, and that's that shows how we need to humble ourselves before God and seek him as the truth. Well now it is time for the revealing of the contents of the highly secretive envelope. (laughs) And again, it's just going to be another illustration of wild conspiracy theories. At least that's what they were thought of for a long time until the truth came out. On this side of the envelope, it says, Trilateral Commission. Now, when I was in college, I wasn't interested in conspiracies. I didn't even understand conspiracies. This stuff was not on my mind at all. I just thought of everything is good and right and the world is great. Okay. Now, what I'm doing is I'm pulling out of the envelope all a document of all 400, all 400 current members in 2022 of the Trilateral Commission, something that was started in 1973, but was completely uh, dismissed by everyone, especially our government and others, as a complete conspiracy theory that only the most mindless wacko would ever believe in. Well, guess where I got this list of 400 current members and even even another document on how to become a member of the Trilateral Commission. If you, In case you want to become one of the 400, I can let you know. Well, I'd like to say I did something exciting, like I was in a, a, a helicopter, black ops, and they lowered me down in a rope, and I was in Europe, and somehow I got my hands on the, the 400 names and actually their current roles and positions and so forth. But actually, all I did is I went to the Trilateral Commission website. So what started is a complete uh, conspiracy theory, baseless, debunked, unsubstantiated, actually 
uh, not only was proven true, you can go to your website today, and as you read about them online and other places, and even on Wikipedia, it calls it a globalist group. And so there we are. We never got a chance today to talk about uh, uh, conspiracies related to globalism, but Trilateral Commission, what began as a conspiracy, now you can just visit their website. And oh, by the way, maybe you want to apply to be a member. So with that, thanks for joining us here on Insights. We hope you learned a few things along, along the way and had, had some fun. I look forward to being with you next time on Insights. <laughs>